We're back. Round two, part two, with all your sleep questions. That's it. We've got our favourite sleep expert, Donna Mawala. Hey, hello, Donna. Hello. Yay. Hi. Back again. <laughs> back again. Well, we're so excited because last week, if you missed last week's episode, make sure you go back because it was all about uh, dealing with the sleep transition of naps in the day and going from two to one. I have been inundated with questions um, about that, with especially with mums kind of following our journey with Memphis, who's 13 months old. But if this is the first time you're joining us, welcome to First Time Parents, an unedited, unfiltered podcast about us as first time parents sharing all our shitty and glorious moments. Yes, and has there been some, especially of late, actually. What, shitty or the glorious? Sh- <laughs> uh, definitely shitty. Yeah, there's something going on there. Literally. <laughs> Front, back, sides, everywhere. It's been a mess. <laughs> and your dad, oh. he avoids it at every cost. <laughs> uh. oh. But, I mean, like I said, if you have been following the journey, we have been recording this podcast since Memph, um, our beautiful boy, was one week old. And um, we've now just hit 13 and a half months. So it's been a journey. If you want to go back and listen to any of the old episodes, make sure you do. Donna has joined us before, but we are uh, thanking and huge love to Love to Dream. They've gifted um, an amazing free sleep guide for babies. Now, they've teamed up with certified sleep consultants, just like Donna Mawala, to create their essential guide to healthy sleep foundations. It's got tips, info, routines, and the best thing about this guide is it's free. And I know for me... <laughs> I actually thought routines were a bit bullshit before I think I actually had one with Memphis and I was like, oh, that can't help him sleep. Now we never break it. (laughs) We literally, we don't leave the house. And I remember when he was a few weeks old, I'm like, I'm never going to be a routine mum. Like, I do not believe in that stuff. And that was literally me. You said it to me. And now I can't even tell you how much I love the bath. No, the bottle, bath, book, bedtime, Bam, yep. all about the routine. We never break it. So um, there are so many tips and tricks like that in this amazing guide. And like I said, it's free by the legends at Love to Dream. They wanted to give that to all our amazing listeners. So if you want to get that, all you need to do is go to the show notes um, on Apple iTunes. And in the show notes, you will literally find the link um, where you download. So, um, you'll be able to get that on all podcast hosts, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen, um, or my website, HeidiLeeAnderson.com. Um, let's crack into it because we have had so many questions. Like we said, we talked about us and, um, our journey, our journey, Donna, if you want to find Donna, jump online, bub to sleep, um, on Insta, but Donna, I said to you today, there's so many questions coming through from my girls Mm. in my mother's group. And no, yeah, because yeah, we're all like mainly, you know, 13 months, some at 14 months. Yep. Um, but the biggest thing in our group this week that everyone's been talking about is why the fuck are our babies waking at 5 a.m.? I know. All of them, no matter what time. And every single, some of them are like, oh, my baby went, my baby used to sleep till like 7.30. And all of them at the moment, and I was even looking through um, our, you know, your Facebook group, my Facebook yeah. group here, first time parents, same kind of thing. Why are our babies mm-hmm. starting to wake at 5, 6 a.m. now? Okie dokie. I get this all the time. So even when I'm working one-on-one with clients, what ends up happening is all different ages, you know, over six months of age, we can get them sleeping all night. Biologically, they can do that. 
The early mornings are like a lingering headache. You know, they take quite a long time. And that's the reason because of that is I've talked about this a lot. It's the circadian rhythm. So sun pops, goes down, melatonin increases. The optimum time for our babies to sleep is that, you know, between six to eight, they need to go down. Big chunk of melatonin, big chunk of sleep, hopefully. And then, you know, they might have 10, 11 hours and they've had a big chunk. They, their uh, melatonin is disappearing. Um, it is getting light much earlier now. So their body naturally goes, I've had enough. I've had enough sleep. Now, the other really challenging thing is for this age particularly, well, when they're on gone to you know, that transitional one nap, um, baby's optimum sleep for nighttime is 11 or 12 hours. Mm. So let's say 50% are 11 hours, right? And you've known that for a long time, then five o'clock might be crap, terrible time, so early, but they've had enough sleep. So really common. It's like the cat napping questions and all of that. The biggest tip for that is absolutely no light. So put a towel underneath the, the door, any pin drop of light, their body's going to go through the lighter stages of sleep. Oh, there's a bit of sun. I'm going to wake up. So my biggest tip for that is don't give up. If, if you are morning purse people and they've had the 11 hours and you just roll with that, then okay. I'm not a morning person. Don't think you are. But yeah, we I'm are. Not. I know you are. But if you start getting him up at five, as we know, that's his new routine. So mm-hmm. he might do 11 hours and it's five o'clock. And I know that you guys don't do that, but a lot of people think, I'll oh, start the day. He's only going to know that. So oh, no, we've been starting the day that way, this way, this week. That's how we've, that? been, we've been starting the day this week, this week, just like that. So oh, this well, is Well, and, and, you know, you're early morning people, but you, you get up so early, Heidi, to get your work done and you're really motivated with that stuff. So that's going to impact that time too. Yeah. But all you've got to think in your mind is what do I want for the future? Do I want him to make – do I want it to be a 5 o'clock? So it's just, it's just another challenging time that can take a few weeks of just working on it so going to bed early like you do and then just trying to get to six meaning you might not be asleep but you give him time you go in there give him his teddy yes he might cry you just say night night still night time and you might do a little bit of a leave and check you work at it you work at it or you don't it's really sounds simple but Again, biologically, that's what they're doing. What do you want for your future? Do you want him to be able to even, if he wakes five o'clock and he's quite happy in his cot playing with Teddy till, you know, quarter to six, then that might be the option. But if you bring him out, that's his new routine. So you were saying, we were speaking today, do you want to ask Donna about the nap, um, you know, like shortening his naps in the day? Yeah. yeah, obviously there's – you've sort of told us or touched base on before about changing uh, his awake times and his sleep times, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I guess for us we're trying to figure out how we can get him to really at least sleep into 5.36 would be happy. I know. Um, and, you know, even if he's waking up at 5.30 playing for half an hour for himself, that gives you just that little bit of extra time in Absolutely. the morning. So – I think we're at the moment roughly around that three hours max a day, so maybe two and a half to three hours sleep, and we're waking him after an hour and a half, so maybe two okay. one and a half hour sleeps during the day. Um, yep. I don't know. It feels like we might need to shorten that if yeah. we're at that stage. And you know what you've got to look at too is the total amount of. So he's your baby. You you probably know he's what he requires at the moment, and if that's happening, yeah, why don't we? Um, 
subtract some sleep time during the day that he could t tag it on in the morning. So that's absolutely a really realistic thing. Your extent, he, again, he's going to be those transitional stages of one to two naps over the next month or so, um, extending the wake time. What I would do if I was you is cap the morning for an hour and let him have an hour and a half in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. What happens, because he does sleep really well in his first one and his second one maybe, uh, but that might be because he had that, say, good hour and a half in the morning. Could we impair maybe him, like if we were to go one hour in the morning, wake him up, he might only, say, do 40 minutes in the afternoon, potentially. Yeah, that's the juggle. And, you know, like we always say, you know, you know, they're not a little computer that you can go, right, do this for Program. me right now and that's what's going to happen yeah. because absolutely that could happen. And then that, that's what I would say to you, say, if we were working together, then we'd go, okay, that's not working. Like you give it two or three days and he's, you know, extending to his maybe his four hours, four and hours a bit and he's only doing 40 minutes and that's really impacting it. Then we'd go back to let him have the hour and a half. In the morning. In the morning yeah. yep. and then the hour yeah. in the afternoon. <laughs> so the other thing that I always repeat and what I would have said before in regards to early morning is the most important part um, of getting them down to try and impact, not impact that early morning, it's not overtired going to bed. So, again, often people go, right, I've got to go to bed at 7. Uh, that's just bedtime. No, we need to look at the wake time for that baby. So if he's doing four hours during the day, it might be four hours, four hours, 10 for bedtime. You don't want to stretch to four and a half because what happens, uh, and I always am repeating myself because it's the same thing, the they have cortisol surges giving them the second wind going into bed. It can impact night wakings and definitely create the possibility of them waking early. Mm. Strange, but that's what happens. So we don't want overtired bubs. Capping whatever best nap will be during the day because you think at this time uh, he could be possibly down to one nap and that one nap would probably only be two hours. Maybe yeah. I'll just get him to two, one nap. Everyone I've been talking Again, to. Again, yes. If he can get to the 11 o'clock, remember? Yeah, I well, not if he's waking he at 5 fucking a.m. I know. Wow. Then it'd be so the overtime. So I would time. try and yeah. sort this out first. Yep. And capping and playing around with the capping and speak to me if you need to about that. But, um, you know, you know you're, you've got to give it two or three days, making sure he's not got that extended wait time. And, you know, even if he's got to – I know you've always put him – you have no problem putting him down early, but even if he's got to go down at quarter to six – Often, when I again, when I work with early mornings, um, people that are having troubles with more early mornings, we reduce the wake time rather than increase it at night. And okay. that's confusing to everyone. Yeah, this but is where I get confused and this is where I'm like, are people going to get confused But right being now? overtired, you know, <laughs> then you start to go, it throws you out of your cycle, I can understand. So, again, I know you told me last week, what's his uh, wake time-ish at the moment? 5, 5.30. No, sorry. Um, oh, wake amount. So like four hours max. Yeah. Okay. So then going into night time will be four hours max, which yeah. I know you've been doing anyway. Well, no, it's been three at night. So it's like four hours oh, in the middle. Okay. And then... Well, extending. If he can do four, he should be able to do four at night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Distracting. Take him outside. Give him food. Yeah. Yeah. If he wasn't doing four for the rest of the day, then I wouldn't suggest that. But okay. if he's doing four for other wake times, he might not have enough sleep. Um, you know, yeah. Okay. He needs more, a bit more wake time for then, cutting the other nap by half an hour, an hour and a half of sleep that he could be getting at night. Yeah, okay. 
All, All right. right. Perfect. Okay, well, hopefully people can understand that for themselves <laughs> as well. This was a if big... If not, message me. Yes, if not, yeah. message Donna or download your free sleep guide. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, this one I quite like. It's from Laura. Um, when to remove white noise and blackout windows? Okay, really good question. White noise, we talk about all the time. I don't love it. I hate waking or sleeping with white noise, but it's really good for the children. With white noise, it's not a massive deal, I don't think, just to make the decision to remove it, like cold turkey should be Yeah, because I've been and kind of, com- yeah, I've been thinking about doing it. Yeah. And, you know, I still, as a sleep specialist, four years into it, go, oh, do we really need white noise? You know, white noise is really, really good for a loud house or you've got toddlers in the house. Like white noise is to keep um, external noises uh, down for the bub. So it's really a positive, great thing. I use it for every baby if they want to. Um, but in regards to getting rid of it, it, sh- it shouldn't be that big a deal. Mm. So basically you make a decision to just try it, get rid of it. And if they're uh, really upset about that, um, then you just do turning down. Yep. You know, okay. First night, half, next night, third, Order. you know, that yep. sort of thing. So I don't think it's that big a deal. It's not like a dummy and a bottle and all that sort of stuff. But some babies really love it, like really love it, and it's their comfort thing. But it's a personal choice, you know. And, again, it's a really good thing for if your birds start early in the morning or, you know, that sort of thing or, you know, you guys are getting up early, he might start hearing you. That's what, I was, that's what I was thinking with Heidi getting up early and we're trying to get him to sleep in a bit more. It potentially could impact, but I guess it's yes. one of those things you trial and error. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we keep it on. What about yeah. you just trial? Yeah. Um, just coming in as a sleep expert here, guys. What if <laughs> you just trial it for the day naps and see how they go without, with the, it? without it? And then, because at well, night time. I don't love starting anything sleep related during the day because I just think at night we've got melatonin. That's when you're getting your big sleep. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and it was interesting. I was reading through some of the questions, and someone said, like, do they actually even need white noise because there is no noise at night time? And then I know there are some other sleep specialists and consultants that actually don't do white noise. Absolutely. And this is where my head's at with it. You know, this is what I've been doing for, like I said, nearly four years, and I love it, and it's just what people do and it's a very common thing people have it already by the time i'm i'm working with them um but yeah you know i might even trial over the time to 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 not have it but again having a large family and you guys waking up early in the morning that's what it's for and so during the days if someone knocks on your door or you know that kind of thing Mm. could contribute to him waking up yeah okay i see there's no harm in having it really like you said it's no, sort of buffers no it's not like it's a there's maybe no a dummy and it might be controversial or something it. it's white noise white noise is controversial oh, controversial geez. in the sleep world it is controversial it is con- with sleep consultants uh, yeah and that's okay and you know what, what i'm like pickle. Heidi. Yeah. yeah everyone can do whatever they like well that's it like but it's like anything <laughs> you know? and you know a whole bunch of sleep consultants have put this free guide together for people to download from yeah. love to dream and this is the thing right it's like anything you usually choose someone because you really like them and maybe yeah. you don't agree with 100 percent everything that they do but if no. they help you and you know you like you just have that um, that's what I think. That's why how I think I would choose a sleep consultant. That's how I cha- chose you was because we found a connection. 
And, yeah. you know, it's like I don't expect everyone to connect with us through this, even this podcast. They might really like no. Griffo and they might not really like me. Yes. You know, and, and vice versa. Not, exactly, yeah. So it's and, real interesting um, that um, – but, yeah, I do see the debates, especially, like, because we run stay-home mums, um, you know, with Edwina Bartholomew, as the, you know, with all of the tips and tricks for everything to do yeah. with mums. And it's interesting what people comment and stuff. Um, about this kind of stuff. Anyway, side note. Everything around, sorry to interrupt, but everything around sleep is controversial. Yeah. Everything. And that's why I don't judge what anyone else is doing because I'm sure they're doing the best they can, but I'm on my little journey and, you know, some people don't want white noise or whatever, Mm. but, you know, no one needs to be talking about other people's way that they do it, I don't think. But mums are allowed to talk about it, of course. But, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, you do you. So, so another cur- controversial thing there that you didn't answer was the blackout windows. Okay. <laughs> yes. When do we get rid of those? Controversial is a big word for blackout. <laughs> I'm just going to go evidence-based, scientifically-based, uh, research-based on human beings is circadian rhythm. So everyone talks about, oh, don't they get used to just being in the dark? Yeah, but we all sleep better in the dark and it needs to be dark for us to sleep well. And so some people sleep really well naturally, lucky them. Uh, you know, you think about your own sleep. For me, I can't even have a light on the TV. It has to be masking taped up. Uh, going in and out of sleep cycles and not waking. Again, tricking their little bodies that when the sun pops up at 5 o'clock, they, we're not going to, we want to sleep in. So that's, that's, it doesn't have to be controversial. It's just biological, right? Circadian rhythm. I'm very, very, I want people to have flexibility in their life. And again, that's not every sleep specialist's point of view. I want everybody to sleep and I want babies to sleep well, but I want people to be able to go to the shops, go out for lunch, um, go on holidays, go to their parents' house for a sleep, whatever. So what I look at with the controversy around black is let's make 90-odd percent of their sleep in their room or whatever, nice and dark, practice in the pram, practice in the car, practice where it's light um, because they're going to sleep better in the dark, full stop, full stop. And so when you go on holidays, you know, you might not be super dark, but they might, they'll start waking when the sun pops up. Yeah. Okay, so, so when do we get rid of them though? You don't. Ever. So he well, always has. Okay. okay, let me talk about my <coughs> parental journey which has been the best work experience for sleep because I have done it with them for 15 years, is he's nine. So until this year, no, even now this year, she will wake up when the sun comes up. So she won't allow me to elfoil that window because it looks ugly, but her little body wakes up at that time. So it's up to you. You can take that film down, you can do whatever, but if you're concentrating on early morning wakings, there is no way that your baby's going to want to go back to sleep when the sun's popped up. Agreed. And, like, I mean, for me, I'd love a blackout room. Yeah. Um, But I do like being able to just go and flip the curtains and, you know, you have the sun come in. Like, our room's dark, but it's certainly not blackout. But Yeah, yeah. I think for what it's worth. And, you know, it's just so interesting and intriguing sleep and I'm, like, always researching it and I'm always thinking about my sleep and what happens. But as soon as the sun pops up, I'm awake. So I'm either drowsy and going to nod back off or I'm like, oh, you know, yep. and that's because the sun's up. Yep. And biologically, back in the day, like I said, we didn't we didn't have lights, we had candles. And so when the sun goes down, you'd have dinner by candlelight, you'd go to bed. Yep. And then when the sun pops up, you, your body's ready to get going when the sun pops up because go that's what we're meant to do. Yeah. So the dark just um, 
Sleep help, time. Help. It, it helps with the circadian rhythm and, and helps them link cycles during the day. Yeah. Okay. And what about, um, so a couple of other questions uh, that we received was about when do you transition a baby out of the sleeping bag slash sleep suits and, you know, bring in like a pillow and a blanket? Because yeah. the weird thing is, right, Memphis knows how to use a pillow, but he doesn't sleep with a pillow. How weird is that? So he puts yeah. his head on a pillow. Yeah. He puts his head on pillows all the time. I know how he does. Yeah. Because you sit him on one when he has his bottle. Yeah, but like he goes to it and he puts his head down like he's sleeping Aww. on it. And we said it's so cute because it's like so he knows to use what a pillow's for, but I he's know. never used one. So cute. Yeah. So cute. Um, you, we, then we have to talk about SIDS again. And, you know, SIDS recommendations we strongly follow, as you know. Um, but SIDS have to have a huge, big range of what's safe for mm-hmm. babies. So there's no room for error. So they suggest two years old yep. pillow. Um, I've been to many people and I, I gave my girls a little bit younger. That's a personal choice, but SIDS recommend two. Um, sleep suit, again, not until they're like, I know this sounds ridiculous, but until like they're six, five or six. Oh, my God. Not go- Amazing. Well, we just got to jump on Love to Dream then and then check yes. out all of their sleep suits. Yes. I, see, I did. Adult sleep suits, I still got mine. <laughs> yeah, we're, they, 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 there's a business for them as well. <laughs> I know. Um, because, again, through my parental journey, they do not stay on. Some babies stay under doonas, but most babies do not stay under blankies until they're six or seven. Mm-hmm. So you can you can transition to all different suits, and um, they can walk around in them and all of that sort of stuff. But really, sleep suit until they can stay under the blanket. So that's yeah. six or seven sometimes. Amazing. Okay. Cool. I love that. Oh, What's the good. next one? So Jess. <laughs> What do we got here? Baby dolls. No, but he's trying to read my <laughs> That is the worst. If you're, a, if you're a doctor, I'd let you off. But rolls. <laughs> baby rolls in middle of the night. Mummy goes in to flip uh, him on. Oh, God. I'll just read the question. Okay, okay, okay. Baby terrible. rolls in the middle of the night. Mummy goes in to flip him over a thousand times a night. You okay. could have easily kind of even created that question yourself. You could have gone like... Oh, I'll insert word there. But we, we, we're referring to like a 13-month-year-old. No, this is, she just said, uh, um, I, was so say. I think she might have said six or seven months. Mm. This is a bit of a toughie if uh, we don't know age, okay? So, again, I am regularly talk to SIDS about things if I'm really a bit unsure because, again, highly need to be safe with everything. Um this has happened with like a five-month-old and the mum was literally sitting there all night because the baby would flip on the belly, scream, you know, and doing it all night. As Sid said, can the parent keep doing that? And I said, I know. But it's, again, your gut feeling about what you feel safe with. When babies have good head control, um, then they're, they're, they're safe to be able to sleep on their bellies. Again, they say six, seven months, but some babies are really okay by five months. Um the, the biggest thing for that, which is a, another big challenging time, is practice, practice, practice rolling. That's the biggest tip. Practice rolling front to back, back to front in every wake time. Practice rolling in the cock. Okay. It will pass. Also, if bubs is a good enough age with head control and the mum's okay and they flip to their tummy and they're okay with it, leave them on their tummy. Mm-hmm. When they're older. Yeah. So it's hard to sort of answer that without knowing age yeah. and all of that. I would say if bubs can't be rolling back and forward, probably about a five-month, six-month-old bubs. 
<clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um, so baby refuses second nap, but doesn't last longer than 10 a.m. How old? Uh, 13 months. Okay, so there's a lot of things there. Again, we'd probably have to find out about. Um, the If, if Bob, Bob can't make till 10, extend wake time fully. 10, 11, 12, 1, I need to not good at maths. You know, 2 to 2.30. Um, and if refusing that second nap, if baby can sleep in a pram or a car, do that every day as baby can extend to 11 o'clock. So just a bridging nap to get them to night time because if bub only does an hour or two and then not having that second nap, that's a really tired bubs. Yeah, what's a bridging, like what when you're doing a bridging nap, what, 15 minutes to 40 oh, 20, minutes? 30. Yeah, okay. Like a nana nap. Nana nap. And really... Um, we've got to get to that 11 o'clock mark so then they can have a couple of hours to maybe bedtime be quarter to six. But, um, yeah, that's probably on. Try and get that nap mm-hmm. in, extend that wake time going to the second nap for whatever that is. It might be already four hours. Do four hours 20. And if they can sleep other places other than the cot, just do it in there mm-hmm. to go for a walk every day just as the bubs can extend to 11 o'clock. Okay, awesome. Do you want me to just continue to read this? Looks like it says tomato, so I'm not going to start that. (laughs) Ten-month-old self-settles in the day but not at night. Okay, and again, you know, it's it's hard because when people say self-settles and I have a conversation with them, they um, might think self-settles with a dummy. So not saying that this bub has a dummy and, and mum might be completely 100% correct that he's self-settling, but I, bub, mum needs to look at what truly, truly is bub self-settling during the day, like no dummy, mum's not in there, mm-hmm. um, you know, bub's able to truly do it by, by itself. Uh, if not being able to do it at night, look at wake times, might need to extend it. Um, look what is different leading into the night time. Is bub's getting drowsy on her feet? like a breast or a bottle or something like that. Yeah. Um, look at what's different leading into that night time that was during the day. Mm-hmm. Biggest tip, is he truly, truly independently going to sleep? Okay. Look at that. Yeah. I think I can read this one. Um, <laughs> why are awake times so important? Mm, that's a good one. It's a really good one. Again, we go back to... <sighs> science and biologically what they recommend you know like evidence-based stuff that people that sleep university sleep colleges over 40 odd years have researched on so it's basically what their what babies require so it's like feeding you know you know they need to be fed every certain amount of um hours per day sleep's the same it's just as important as food so food and sleep is the most important so when we get to the wake times then we talk about biologically what they require they need it, like babies need to sleep, as we do. So that's number one. Second, if they're not get, if they're getting extended wake times, then they've got that cortisol that keeps giving little surges, and then that's not particularly fantastic because they're getting second winds. They can get a little bit hyperactive. They can get grumpy. Their personalities can change. Um, so that's what I probably best way to explain it is that's what they require. Yeah, stop. like you say, so there's a lot of it. research gone into it over the years and. Lots. You're going to find an average and every baby's going to be different, so you just need to yep. adjust, but there's a pretty solid window that's standard yes. for most babies. Yes. Yeah. 
and 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 why why I love what I can do is absolutely there's this biological window, hundred percent that I always start with when I start with clients. But I have small percentages, like I'm sure I've said to you before, like a nine month old not sleeping during the day at all when I when I met them. That's not biologically what they require and they need the sleep, but, but bubs couldn't sleep. But what ended up happening, they had one sleep. Now, that would be 1% of nine-month-olds, Yeah. not even that, 0.5. So every baby's different. But for me, sleep is such a biological requirement for the foundation of good health that they need to sleep. Mm. They need to sleep. Yep. You know, they need to sleep during the day. They find it harder. And But when I work one-on-one with people, we can find out what that baby requires. And what about a lady sent through a message that said, will babies eventually learn to sleep on their own? Do they actually need sleep training? <laughs> I get this all the time. Yeah, well, I guess it's an interesting one. Like, oh, my mum never had a sleep sleep help. I mean, he's been and doing you know, it for 13 months. Surely you can figure it out from yourself. <laughs> no, out. but, like, Come even on. when they're a little bit older, I think maybe, like, you know, back in the day, did they have sleep consultants? Oh, they had Nagala here in Perth. Yeah, but, you know, like I'm talking like 100 years ago. Do we know? Like, yeah, this is the thing. But again, 100 years ago, we would have been working on circadian rhythm, wouldn't we? Yeah, and it's interesting because I do feel like sleep consultants and sleep help and everything is amazing, but it's definitely through social media, people continue to share things, people build brands, you know, you're able to get free sleep guides and all Mm. that kind of stuff that it is something that I guess we're more aware of now. Yes. And, you know, like I've said to you, is when I started this four years ago, it was, and still is, just from my heart, like passionately want to help families get their sleep because I don't cope with sleep and that's where it started and that's where I feel now. Never in my wildest dreams would I ever feel like I would be here only four years into it. Yeah. You know, so it is such a niche now and I didn't think about it like that. And yeah, it's just, it's really talked about and people are really suffering and it's confusing. But getting back to what was the question? The question was, will babies eventually learn to sleep on their oh, own? Yes. Do they need so a sleep yeah, help? So I go, maybe, you know, I go to people with their second babies and they go, we had no sleep. And then when Bub, the older baby turned two, they slept. So that can happen. But also I do work with lots of older kids, so four, five, six, seven. And so for me it's a habit that that they don't know that they can just roll over and go back to sleep. And so what's happened is the parents are extremely fatigued because what the the child does is wake up in a sleep cycle, walks to the parents' room, I'm awake, Mm. parents walk them back four or five times a night. Now that's not a naughty kid, they're not doing anything wrong, but... They don't know just to roll over and go back to sleep. So yeah. I don't really know how to answer that because you could you could nut it out and it might work. But I'm on the I'm on the flip side of that to be honest, as a parent and a sleep specialist, that this is something we need to provide support and get the knowledge that we want to create healthy sleep. Yeah, and all I That's know is that what we had with Memph, and you can go back and listen to us in the early days of this podcast was I I couldn't continue to be like that. And hey, he might have learned to sleep by now. But I don't know because we didn't go down that path. Um, But, you know, all I am thankful and grateful for is that to understand awake times and, you know, when to nap, um, you know, routines and all that. And you can download that in the free guide um, of Healthy Sleep Foundation brought to you by Love to Dream. Um, They literally have everything you need there. Check it out. Um, If you have any more questions, you can uh, chat to Donna Moala at Bub to Sleep. Uh, On Instagram is probably the best place to get you. 
yes, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, um, yeah. Awesome. That website. I offer that free 15-minute chat um, if people are unsure or, you know, what that I, that I can give them. Um, but I'm also happy to talk about what's going on in their lives in regards to sleep to see if they're on track because sometimes it's just a phone call to go, you're doing amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I think um, that sort of getting backed in is certainly a big one because – you're always questioning yourself and when you get that always. just that, that sort of high five or pat on the back saying, no, you're doing a good job, mate, keep it up, is, is yeah. just all, that's all we need sometimes. Yeah. So. yeah. And I think yeah. a really awesome thing to mention here before the end too is you said you speak to SIDS a lot to confirm things and to check and that's a really uh, an important thing and I know that when they um, created this essential sleep guide too for Healthy Sleep Foundations with Love to Dream, um, that is something they ensured to do as well. So people yeah. can contact SIDS themselves too if they All have the these time. questions. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're so lovely and oh, it's so important. And I think it, it would, for me, it was one of the biggest concerns as, as a, as a mum for all my babies, to be honest. And so that's why I'm so, again, passionately about following their guidelines. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, every family is a little bit different. So if, if it feels like it's not making sense, contact them. They're yeah. so lovely. Yeah. They'll <clears> tell you, um, yeah. So for me, again, getting back to SIDS, the non-negotiable around SIDS is the safety in the environment yes. of where they sleep. So no bumpers, you know, no um, nothing in there, like nothing. And that was a really yeah. why I've, I found it interesting about the blankets and the pillows. So they so, say nothing before they're yeah. two years old. Yeah, and that's where you talk about the amazing love to dream suits. Yeah. That's all you need. Love to dream suits as they get bigger, 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 and um, then they just can have their teddy over seven months, and that's a really great thing, making sure nothing can fall off. But that is a non-negotiable safety in their cot or whatever. And, again, the other really important thing, which I need to say now I've brought it up, make sure they're not around any curtains or anything hanging over the cot or cords like yeah. um, monitor cords, you know, nothing near the cot, nothing. Yeah, amazing. And, you know, like we said, they're, they're, you can call them anytime. They're a great help. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Donna, and thank you so much to the guys that love no, to dream. Absolutely love it. Make sure if you check out show notes to download your free Essential Guide to Healthy Sleep Foundations, all your tips and info on everything we've kind of gone through today routines especially was something that I need so download those and thanks Donna love ya thanks love a lot. you guys bye, bye. 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 bye.